Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each week, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and on our website at ProChoiceOhio.org. The program also airs each Friday morning at 9 on WGRN 94.1 in Columbus, Ohio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL ProChoice Ohio. Enjoy the show! Hi friends, this is Hannah with NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. This week, we've been actively supporting the volunteer clinic escorts for Capital Care Network, the only remaining abortion clinic in Toledo. The Pro-Choice community in Toledo is asking city council to pass a patient safety ordinance. This would prohibit anti-abortion protesters from harassing patients and staff outside the clinic. The protesters outside Capital Care routinely disregard consent and have, among other tactics, physically confronted patients and blocked access to the clinic door on multiple occasions over the past few years. While the ordinance would not stop someone's right to free speech, it would require protesters to remain eight feet away from someone entering the clinic unless invited. To best explain why this ordinance is needed, I hosted a Facebook Live discussion with Toledo City Council member Nick Comives and the coordinator of Capital Care's clinic escorts, Kristen Hattie. I'm Kristen Hattie with Capital Care Clinic Escorts. Yeah, clinic escorts, we pretty much just exist to walk patients to and from their cars into abortion clinics um, to make them feel as safe and welcome as possible in the midst of all of the harassment that's being hurled at them. Uh, so we are basically just a literal physical buffer in between patients and protesters. So my name is Nick Comives. I'm a Toledo City Council member uh, serving at large. So I represent the whole darn city. Um, and I am here because I have in the past volunteered at the clinic a few times, uh, both here in Toledo, but also down in Columbus when I used to live down there many years ago. Um, and I firsthand seen how folks are treated as they go to the clinic. And so um, it was a no brainer for me when Kristen approached me and said, hey, we really wanna try and add some uh, protections for patients that come to the clinic. Would you be interested in helping us out? So I absolutely said yes. And I'm excited to have introduced uh, the patient safety ordinance with council members Gaddis and Williams as well. Excellent. So of course, of course. So um, whoever wants to start, does does somebody want to kind of, so just like in a general sense, can you talk about what the ordinance is and what we're trying to accomplish with its passing? The basic gist of the ordinance is ensuring that if and when anti-choice protesters try to impede patients access to the clinic that locally we have the tools to address that we have the tools to do something um you know i know people have sometimes brought up the face act in particular when we talk about prosecuting um clinic blockades and obstructing people's access and so for us the problem with that is the face act is federal uh we are dependent on federal authorities to prosecute the people who blockade clinics. And unfortunately, that's just not something that we can guarantee. That's not something that we are seeing across the country at other clinics. So what we aim to do is just give us, you know, the tools in the arsenal to address that and to make sure that 
any anti-choicer that comes to our clinic and comes to our city knows that if they break the law, because that's what it is, you have to break the law um, for this to be used against you. They won't, like, we're not going to hold their hands. They just, you know, say, oh, don't do that again. Go on your merry way. Like, no. Toledo is a pro-choice city with uh, pro-choice leadership and they're going to be proactive in protecting patients. Within 100 feet of the clinic's, you know, doors, um, if you are within that space and then you approach or come within eight feet of a patient, um, you need to have that patient's consent in order to engage with them. Of course, this isn't going to block people from being on our sidewalks. There, It's a public space. We can't do that. That would be a violation of free speech, and we're not trying to do that. What we are doing is saying that if you want to engage with these patients, then you can still yell at them. You can tell them that they're going to hell, that, you know, be a man and save your child or whatever other ridiculous thing that they're screaming on the sidewalk and claiming is counseling. Um, they're still going to be able to do that. But if they actually want to approach and engage and come within eight feet, they're going to have to get consent. And if they don't have the consent of that patient and they do things like block their ability to get back inside their car, um, block the vehicle from pulling into the parking lot, uh, maybe stand in between the patient and the door to the clinic. These are all things that we have witnessed um, happening at, at not only this clinic, but certainly clinics all across the country. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that we put an end to that. Uh, because as Kristen said, you know, overwhelmingly, we know that Toledo is a pro-choice city. Um, it's why we still maintain a clinic here. Um, and it's the only option that exists for a lot of people within several hours of our city. And we think it's imperative that we make sure that this constitutionally protected right is maintained here um, and allows people for safe legal abortions. Absolutely. On Wednesday, March 3rd, a committee of Toledo City Council members heard their first testimony on the ordinance. Amelia Stauer owns Capital Care Network and spoke in support of the patient safety ordinance because she values the safety of her staff and the patients they serve. Thank you for considering this ordinance and allowing us to speak on its behalf. My testimony is all centered around the patient, staff, and volunteer experience. I've worked here for over two years, and during my time, I have witnessed, listened, and experienced harassment at the hands of pro-life individuals. They told our staff comments like, nice new flowers in your yard, and even went so far as to send anti-abortion literature to not only their homes, but their other places of work as well. And then when our windows were smashed earlier this year, they just screamed louder and more aggressively and congregated at the window. I politely asked them to quiet down so that I could talk to the people fixing the window, but instead they got louder and began calling our facility a wicked place of death, making patients uncomfortable. Now that is just on the sidewalks. When our volunteers aren't there, people will trespass. I've been inside the clinic and had people trespass, bang on doors, wiggle the knobs, and shout murder through it. This is why we have to keep our doors locked at all times. In addition to our exterior being damaged on numerous occasions, we also get anti-abortion messages on our sidewalks or red paint soaked baby figures or flags placed on our building. Now that is just the staff and volunteers. As unfortunate as it is, this harassment is something we've all faced. That's why we have the volunteers outside to do their best to shield patients and intervene when they aren't listened to. Now, 
This part is hardest for me to talk about just because as the owner and somebody who's worked there and taken phone calls, I've had to listen to them over the phone crying because they felt so harassed and made to feel bad. And I can't really do anything to help them other than just meet them at their car. And But I can't shield them from being called a murderer or having to see the signs or hear anything upon arrival. They want to claim that they ensure all sides are respectful, but how can we do that when they don't respect us or our patients? The biggest issue is there's very little I can do to help them at, other than meet them at the car. They get uncomfortable with the pro-life presence and get followed and harassed by protesters who didn't listen to them when they don't want their pamphlets and attempt to walk away. One example is at the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't have volunteers. Protesters would stick anti-abortion literature and license plates on the cars of people who didn't take their pamphlets. Patients wouldn't know until they got home. Protesters have followed patients to McDonald's and chastised them in public in front of strangers for coming to our clinic as well. Patients call me crying, scared, and give comments on how aggressive they are. You can even see these in our comments as well. And some patients will even drive to a clinic over two hours away to get away from it. One of the most troubling incidences, though, that I want to talk about was a time a patient was cornered by a car in the Family Dollar parking lot. A volunteer had to go over and act as a human buffer in front of the car just so the patient could leave without being followed. This all began because the patient did not want their anti-abortion literature or talk to them, and they wouldn't take no for an answer. The other incident I want to shed light on is I had a patient who was told by a protester, I had a dream that I killed you because you had an abortion. Now, we did what we could to make sure she felt safe coming here. We even set it up that she could have went to a different clinic if she wasn't comfortable, but that's still terrifying. Now, I know this ordinance doesn't do anything to stop these incidents from occurring, but I bring these up to show you how dangerous they can be. This ordinance is an important way we can establish a precedent of protection and safety measures being enacted on behalf of the clinic to ensure safety. This comes down to me wanting to be able to say that I did everything I could to ensure their safety. Don't you want to be able to ensure that as well? Rob Salem is a clinical law professor at University of Toledo who helped draft the ordinance language. He made sure city council understood the legal basis for the proposal. So let's start with what this ordinance permits. In summary, it allows for anyone, including protesters, to engage in protest counseling. And it permits for a robust exchange of ideas and viewpoints on a very controversial issue, all in a safe and manageable environment for everyone involved. The other thing it does is it allows patients at reproductive health care facilities to access the facility free from harassment and physical attempts to block them from receiving care. It also gives the patient the right to say, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you about this. But even if the patient says that, the protester still has the right to talk to her and offer his or her advice, but it must happen at a distance of eight feet from the patient. What does the ordinance prohibit? In summary, it prohibits the kind of dangerous, intimidating behavior that occurs every time the clinic is open to patients. It will prevent protesters from intentionally impeding access to a reproductive health care facility. And I'd like to underscore the word intention. As, you, as we phrase it in the ordinance, we um, use the word knowingly instead of intentional, but it's the same thing. The, um, to be in violation of this ordinance, 
someone has to intend to block access or violate the eight feet bubble zone rule. It can't be used to charge people with innocent mistakes or even negligence. The ordinance also prohibits people from physically touching, striking, grabbing, or shoving a patient who's trying to enter the facility. And it prohibits a person from approaching or following a patient within eight feet of that patient for the protest, for the purpose of protest or counseling without the patient's consent. Now, let me be clear. It does not in any way prevent anyone from protesting loudly and offering their advice and services. They can even call people names. They can offend them if they want. They can pray, chant, sing, walk around, stand still, jump up and down, but they just can't get too close to a patient without her consent. All they have to do is ask, do you mind if I come closer to you to talk about this? It also doesn't require protesters to move away from patients who may be passing by. It only requires that people do not approach or follow a patient within eight feet of that patient for purposes of protest or counseling without the consent of the patient. The ordinance strikes an appropriate balance between the rights to be free from harassment as you seek medical care and the right to free speech and assembly in the form of protest. The ordinance does not infringe on free speech. It simply regulates speech in a content-neutral manner, something that is firmly established in our legal jurisprudence and explicitly allowed under the law. Our own Deputy Director, Jamie Miracle, spoke on behalf of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Our office worked with Columbus City Council to pass a similar ordinance in 2015. The Columbus Ordinance provides a model for Toledo to use as they examine how this ordinance can be a helpful tool to increase safety. Imagine going to work and being greeted with angry men and women, hearing vague references to how maybe someone should kill you because you kill babies, being told by your neighbors that there were people walking around your neighborhood today distributing flyers with your picture under the words killer among us. Imagine feeling like you must have to have a remote start mechanism on your car because you are afraid that someone at some point will put an explosive in it and you want to be able to start it from far enough away so you won't get hurt. Or imagine you're going to your doctor's office for a routine medical procedure. To get to the parking lot, you have to drive through a gauntlet of people gathered on the sidewalk, blocking the driveway, banging on your car window, and trying to shove flyers into your car. As you've already heard today, and we'll hear more about later in this hearing, all of these scenarios are what doctors, staff, patients, and volunteers at abortion clinics both here in Toledo and across the state face on a near daily basis. The people gathered to hear to oppose gathered here today to oppose this ordinance, will tell you that this ordinance is the end of the world for them, that it will stop them from talking to patients, telling them their perspective. I've looked at some of the comments posted by opponents of this ordinance on the city council page, people talking about how they are just providing loving and compassionate perspective, and then they're just sidewalk counselors. You will hear from many people today that this is not the only behavior that happens outside the clinic, and you've already heard some of that today already. But I also want to make it clear that no one who is just there to lovingly talk to patients is going to be impacted by this ordinance. This ordinance makes it illegal to block the parking lot entrances or exits to the facility, block a person from entering the premises, or to approach or follow another person within eight feet of such a person, unless the other person consents to the interaction. The key word here is consent. 
In this Me Too era, especially during a deadly pandemic, where I rarely see images of these protesters wearing masks, making sure that the person consents to a close interaction is key. And if this person says no, as Rob already talked about, the other person doesn't even have to stop talking to them. They just have to move so they are at least eight feet away from them. At that distance, they are still going to be heard by the target of their attention. Trust me, as all of us who have had two people suddenly working from home over the last year, sound travels way further than eight feet. So often, these people describe themselves as so-called sidewalk counselors. What professional counselor would attempt to counsel someone without their consent? Consent to treatment is a hallmark of the counseling profession. And if these protesters want to take up that mantle, they should be held to the same standards. These exact same arguments about the impact on free speech were made in Columbus as they considered their ordinance. In the last week, I drove by one of the clinics in Columbus, and guess what? No protesters were being arrested and carted off to jail for exercising their right to free speech. They were still out there with their signs, screaming at patients, volunteers, and staff members trying to hand them information. None of these activities have been halted because of the passage of the Columbus Ordinance. Harassment, intimidation, blocking clinics, blocking the driveway, following patients and staff without their consent. This is what this ordinance prohibits. Signs, peaceful protests, speech, conversations. These will not be impacted. Each year, the National Abortion Federation collects abortion violence and disruption statistics. The latest information available is from 2019. That year, they found that clinic invasions more than doubled from 8 to 19 from 2018 to 2019. Trespassing increased by 32%. Death threats and threats of violence increased by 61%. Hate mail and harassing phone calls increased by 125%. And obstruction increased by just over 11%. Increases were also seen in the categories of assault and battery, hate email and internet harassment, bomb threats, and picketing. There were nine cases of clinic blockades, and of these nines, there were no reported arrests. This is why this ordinance is necessary. We must give people the tools to protect patients walking in to get health care. We will not be able to stop every act of violence or to make everyone behave civilly. But this ordinance is a way to take a situation that is escalating towards violence and stop the escalation before it takes a violent turn. When peaceful protests and prayer turn to harassment and intimidation, it only takes one more step to turn into violence. People deserve the right to exercise their constitutional right to have an abortion without obstruction from protesters. I find it ironic and completely hypocritical that you will hear today from people who will scream at the top of their lungs about their constitutional right to free speech, but spend their free time trying to impinge on the constitutional rights of others by blocking their access to a constitutionally protected healthcare procedure. One constitutional right doesn't trump the other. One is not more protected than the other. They must be balanced against each other. And that is exactly what this ordinance does. This ordinance you are considering is constitutional. It is needed and it is the right thing for Toledo. We also heard from clergy. The Reverend Terry Williams preached on behalf of the thousands of Ohioans who decide to have an abortion each year. He emphasized that they deserve to be able to make their own decisions free from harassment from protesters. As people of faith from across the state of Ohio, we believe in free expression and the right to free speech. We do not, however, support obstruction of or interference in the provision of health care. 
Toledo, like many cities across our nation, has become a last stand for groups with tired, worn-out ideologies that demean women, stigmatize patients, and try to force minority views of bodily control down the throats of entire populations through harassment and brute force. These extremists have failed to convince the courts, the court of public opinion, and even the people within their own religious institutions of the merits of their anti-abortion ideology. The vast majority of persons in the United States, including persons of religious faith, support birth control access and abortion rights, despite pleas to the contrary from what has become a loud and well-financed minority. Today, that angry minority is desperately hoping that you, as Toledo City Council members, will help them continue to wage a battle against bodies on the sidewalks of your city. Shoving their way between patients and the abortion health care those patients want, need, and have chosen to receive, these obstructionists are counting on you to help protect their bad behavior as they continue harassment without accountability and abuse without consequence. My religious values tell me patients in Toledo deserve better. As a clergyman who participates in advocacy myself, I can assure you the vast majority of Ohioans, be they residents of Toledo or visitors to your beautiful city, will never run afoul of this ordinance if passed, precisely because the vast majority of Ohioans treat people with dignity and respect, the same dignity and respect that opponents of this legislation find it impossible to muster up in their dealings within the city of Toledo. Today, I implore you, be of good courage. Stand up for decency on the streets and sidewalks of your city. Don't bend to the abusive bullying of extremists who think that obstruction and interference are good tactics for change and who hope they'll be rewarded by their harassment, both of you and patients in Toledo. Support the patient safety ordinance at every stage in the legislative process and help make the future a safe and bright one for patients in Toledo. Marcy Lichtenwald is a terrific advocate for abortion patients in Toledo, a clinic escort, and a former digital organizing council member with us. She spoke on why patients deserve respect as they seek care. I've been a volunteer escort at Capital Care for a little over four years, and it's put me in a unique position of caring directly for patients as I assist them to our doors. It's in this brief moment that I'm able to call the nervous person who was not expecting to encounter a crowd of people yelling at them as they pulled in. Who is this a patient who is terrified because people are screaming at them or follow them as they walk up the sidewalk to the clinic? I also serve to offer a shield so they might walk from the car to the clinic doors with some sense of privacy and dignity. As that's worked, we've helped sneak people in and out of the back doors because they are too afraid to walk to the front and encounter the crowd of people yelling at the top of their lungs or through an amplified mic. I hold umbrellas to the grotesque signs designed to shame and intimidate. I stand on the corner to show the patient and passenger seat and the number of people attempting to harass them as they wait for the red light to turn green as they leave. Here are just a few of my experiences at these clinics. I had a man pull into our parking lot, get aggressive, and refuse to leave. I told him repeatedly he was on private property, and if he wasn't picking up a patient, he was trespassing. He refused to leave and began to get out of his car to use at me. At which point, I went inside to alert clinic staff and called the police. At that time, he left. I've been screamed at by protesters while calling while being called the nastiest of names. I've had megaphones in my face. I've known fellow experts to be assaulted and doxxed by anti-choice protesters. We've had an anti-choice protester at the clinic in Michigan who repeatedly shows up with a high-powered rifle in hand. The same protester has made public comments regarding the clinic, such as I challenge up relatives to exercise your second amendment right and take your rifles to you, rifles with you to the abortion clinics. 
and if everyone showed up at clinics with their rifles, it wouldn't have the effect on getting abortions. And additionally, there's also the public comment saying it's time to kill, referring to the abortion clinics. These instances have all been reported with the local FBI in that area, but I want you all to consider how close Detroit is to Toledo. And again, I emphasize many of the protesters from Detroit also come to Capital Care. No other medical facility needs volunteers to assist patients to a doctor's office to make them feel safe. Imagine going through a root canal and having to have an escort, having someone escort you into the building because there are people screaming at you from the sidewalk, or blocking you to try to pull it, or following you to try to leave, or screaming God hates you throwing a gun while carrying a high power rifle around the shoulder. The purpose of all this is to intimidate, to instill fear, and to coerce and shame and to psychologically harm. All of this is a form of violence that it creates fear and makes a person feel scared, nervous, and incredibly unsafe. No one should really think that they walk into a doctor's office. Your ordinance doesn't stop any of this behavior, but I mentioned it so you have an understanding of the climate patients are encountering and why this ordinance is needed to allow them the comfort of knowing they have the protection from the city that they deserve. Finally, we heard a powerful statement from Toledo City Council member Vanice Williams, a sponsor of the Patient Safety Ordinance. I definitely appreciate, appreciate this discussion. Um, I've always been a long advocate of um, information. Um, as a Black woman, I, this is something that is a topic that I've always wanted to be an advocate for. Um, this ordinance is to protect patient safety from harassment. If you are not harassing the patients that are attending or trying to go get services from capital care, this ordinance is not for you. Um, you know, I love the Lord, and he gets the glory from me at all times. This is not to shun those that is promoting his love, but it's to encourage you to keep on spreading his love. It's to understand that God gave us free will. Today, I want to speak to the free will of a black woman. I have several quotes that I'm going to read because as a black woman for centuries, our bodies have been told, we have been told to what to do with our bodies for centuries. For centuries, we had to fight for the right to protect and even have any health care as a black woman, of, as any woman of color. So one quote that, um, and just, just for a comment that was given by um, a gentleman, and I appreciate all comments because we have to agree to disagree, Shirley Chisholm made a quote. She said, to label family planning and legal abortion programs genocide is male rhetoric for male ears. It falls flat on female listeners and to the thoughtful male ones. Women know and do and so do many men that two or three children who are wanted, prepared for, reared, loved, stability, and educated to limit their ability will mean more for the future of the one black and brown races from which they come from, than any number of neglected, hungry, ill-housed, and ill-clothed youngsters. Another quote from Gail Wyatt, Dr. Gail Wyatt. What happens on the auction block centuries ago is still unfinished business from the, for the African-American woman today. As, as everyone fights for, for, uh, for the rights of women, I have to say this. Keep spreading the love. Keep spreading the love, not hate and racism and promote health equity. Today, as black women are dying at a, a rate that is unheard of because of prenatal care, health care, we died for centuries, died for centuries. Women were used to promote labor for slavery. I, I advocate for this. I thank Councilman Colmines for asking me to co-sponsor this because this is not just about pro-choice. This is about me being a black woman and me fighting for black women to have that choice. As we enter into Women Health Month, 
I have to say, we have to promote black women, brown women, women of color getting health care, regardless of where they go. We have to promote that. And we have to quit the rhetoric. We have to stop saying that it's black genocide. It is not. It is health care for those that do not have it. And I tell you this, look at the numbers. And I appreciate all the discussions. I appreciate everyone that came to talk against it and for it. But understand, at the end of the day, God gives us free will. And we had to fight for our free will all our lives. Even today, we're still fighting. And black women are dying at a rapid rate. I thank you so much. I thank you to my council colleagues. And I ask you for your support for this ordinance. Those are just some examples of the support the patient safety ordinance received. Of course, council heard a fair amount of opposition from anti-abortion protesters who want to be able to continue their harassment outside Capital Care Network as well. This is why Toledo City Council needs to hear from you. Visit ProChoiceOhio.org to take action and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. For the latest on this campaign, we also urge you to follow Capital Care Clinic Escorts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of these accounts are in the show notes for this episode. For NARAL Pro Choice Ohio, I'm Hannah Servideo. Thank you for listening.